the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the best of investing on AM 1220 KDOW, the show that brings you valuable information about real estate, the financial markets, and other economic business of the day. Your host, Edward Brown, is a nationally recognized expert on money and investing who has appeared on CNN and has published numerous articles in national business magazines and newspapers. Now, your host for the best of investing, Edward Brown. Welcome. You're listening to The Best of Investing. I'm your host, Edward Brown, and I'm proud to have as my co-host Mark Honf of Pacific Private Money, one of California's fastest-growing mortgage investment firms. Our phone number is 888-912-1190. Use that number to answer the trivia questions for three tanning certificates given away during this show. Now, those certificates are not sponsored by the radio station, but by Tan Bella Tanning Salon with two locations in San Francisco and one in Marin. And uh, Mark's favorite theme, again, is random trivia. We like to keep them in suspense. On that. <laughs> All right. All right. Now, Mark, today it's just mono e mono, and I yeah. want to kind of get into like the underwriting uh, you know, how do people find you? Uh, why do borrowers come to you instead of the bank? Why don't you get into that? Sure. So today we're going to talk about um, basically our company, Pacific Private Money, because a lot of you listeners, uh, especially those who've been listening for a while, um, oftentimes, you know, th- this show uh, kind of goes back and forth from being topical to being uh, maybe we've got other co-hosts involved. We get into a bunch of different topics here. But one of the things we haven't gone back to in a while is talking about what is a private money loan and how does it differ from conventional financing? Why would anyone go to a company like Pacific Private Money that specializes in privately funded real estate loans versus a bank loan? And there's just a lot of uh, kind of misunderstanding about it. A lot of people still have the uh, kind of an old school very dated, now over 10 years old dated view of, of, of the type of lender that we are. Like, for example, some people still call us hard money lenders. And, yeah. you know, yeah. almost nobody uses that term anymore, at least not in California, um, where there's now been a proliferation of companies in the, especially in the last five years, you know, mm-hmm. some, some people refer to them as fintech lenders or marketplace lenders. Or, or private, just private lenders. Just private yeah. lenders, yeah. Um, you know, but there's all kinds of non bank financing out there. And when I say non-bank, I'm not talking about like, you know, Quicken Loans and other these big companies that are really still kind of bank-like. They still have, um, they're still highly regulated. They still have very, very specific um, underwriting, um, you know, techniques and, and, uh, and business models that, um, you know, if any of you have applied for a home loan anytime in the last couple of years, you know, it's brain damage, not so much on the purchase side. They've, they've made it so that, you know, even, a, you know, purchase loans, yes, they do take longer. The average purchase loan time to close has gone from 21 to as, as large as 40 days, depending on who you, um, apply for. But the refinance, if you try to refinance your home lately and you're not like, 
just the cookie cutter borrower, the the guy with the high 700 FICO scores. You've been at your job for more than two years. You've got money in the banks. You've got you know seasoned funds and reserves, as they call it. And you could show 24 months of bank statements, and you could show all your canceled checks. I showed all that, and it still took me nine months. <laughs> no, seriously. I mean, I, I'm not kidding. I had nine. I had uh, you know high FICO score and all that. So uh, let, let's first start off with let's say the purchase side. Um, mm-hmm. In a typical situation. Uh, someone wants to buy a house, uh, they talk to the realtor, uh, they go either to their bank or to a mortgage broker, mm-hmm. and ordinarily they just get a regular bank loan. But there's a re- there's a niche, there's a reason why you're in existence, your company. So w- where does that come in? I mean, obviously, if I can get a regular bank loan at a 3% interest rate or 4%, I'm not going to need a company like yours. But things happen. Things happen. And so for everybody buying a home, plan A if you're not buying all cash, is to get conventional financing. You want the lowest rate possible. And right now, those rates are in the fours. Um, If you're getting a jumbo loan and you have trouble proving income, there's some alternative conventional financing options that may be in the high fours, maybe even the low fives. I mean, when I was uh, uh, buying a home, I'm self-employed. And when I went to buy uh, a home uh, two years ago, um, some of the rates I was quoted, even though you know, conventional 30-year loans were priced in the mid to high threes. I got a couple of quotes in the sixes because it was, I was, it was self-employed, yeah. jumbo, uh, lack of uh, payment history, not a lot of, res- you know, just all the silly little reasons. So it's uh, even conventional financing, uh, oftentimes people will find that it's not the low rate, but that's not really what we're talking about right now. What we're talking about is, you know, let's just say what, I don't know what the percentage is. Let's say, let, let's say 90% of people who are going to use financing to buy a home, typically they can qualify for conventional financing. Okay. They can provide the the bank statements, the the W twos, the proof of income, you know, the two year uh, history at their in job in a timely manner. In a timely That's manner, right? Important. And and then they can close in a let's say a thirty day escrow. But there is a percentage, and, and it's not ten percent. I mean, maybe it's ninety five percent of people who, or maybe it's ninety eight percent of people who see conventional financing are able to close successfully with a loan at a rate that is um, appealing. Um, why would anybody go to Pacific Private Money and pay 89 to 9.9% interest rate on a 500 to $2 million loan, which is kind of our you know, uh, range of, of uh, loan sizes that we make? Why would anybody go to Pacific Private Money, pay those ghastly rates <laughs> for, a, for, a, for a, um, a purchase money loan to buy a, a house that they intend to live in? Well, the answer is it's never plan A. Yeah. Or I should say it's rarely planned. I can't say yeah, never because never, there are some right. people who yeah. come to us knowing they can't get bank financing or, for a lot of reasons. I, I, here's another thing is sometimes they can get bank financing, but they're so frustrated with all the paperwork that it's worth it to them to go to a streamline. Right. And again, so people come to us for a whole mm-hmm. bunch of reasons. And usually it comes down to uh, transactional distress as opposed to borrower distress. Now, let's go back to what we were talking about in the first place. Um, People used to refer to our business as hard money. 20 years ago, 15 years ago, hard money was what they called us. Usually people went to hard money lenders because they had the, the borrower was in some form of distress, not the transaction. And what we're going to talk about when we get back from this upcoming break here is what do you mean by transactional distress? Exactly. And again, what kind of people come to Pacific Private Money and utilize them to buy a home? 
Okay, very good. Uh, before we cut to our first commercial break, we want to make a last mention here for the Wine Garden uh, Children's Center Golf Tournament, which is at the Peninsula Golf and Country Club in San Mateo. Uh, they're providing lunch, a golf, and dinner, and you can uh, buy your tickets or support them today at listenspeaklearn.org. Good organization. Actually, I'm going to be uh, golfing in that tournament. Okay, here's our first trivia question. What company developed the first laser printer in the 1970s? Ooh. That's our question. Call 888-912-1190. If you're the first caller with the correct answer, you're going to win the free tanning certificates. Again, that is what company developed the first laser printer in the 1970s. All right? And um, that's about it for our first question. We're going to go to a trivia break. When we come back. Mark's going to explain the difference between distressed sellers, uh, distressed transactions, and distressed buyers. Don't touch that dial. The Best of Investing will be right back. For more information on this program, call 888-912-1190. That's 888-912-1190. Or visit bestofinvesting.com. Now, back to the Best of Investing with your host, Edward Brown. Welcome back to the Best of Investing. I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with Mark Hunt, president of Pacific Private Money. We cut to the first commercial break. We asked this trivia question. Uh, what company developed the first laser printer in the 1970s? I'm thinking it's Hewlett Packard. That's what I would have thought. Xerox? It's Xerox. Oh, it was Xerox. Okay, okay, well, that's my second guess. That's your second guess. That's uh, good enough uh. for us. Okay, so Mark, before we cut to break, you were starting to get into the difference between transactional distress and borrower distress. Right. And so what we're talking about today is is the difference between conventional financing and private financing through all of these companies like Pacific Private Money who are out there touting their um, no fuss, no muss, fast financing options for real estate purchases. And so um, before the uh, end of the break or when we got to the last break, we were about to get into the difference between transactional distress versus borrower distress. And in in the hard money heyday uh, of yore, uh, up until um, the financial market meltdowns of uh, uh, 2007, 2008, um, you know, hard money was typically reserved for borrowers who had some form of, of distress, you know, you know, bankruptcies, bankruptcy, yeah. bad credit, um, you, know, you know, no job, no job but yeah. equity in a property, yeah. that kind of stuff. Um, but uh, the, the, the Dodd-Frank financial reforms, finance and banking reforms uh, that were enacted in 2010 and then the new regulations that were layered on in 2011, 12, 13, really changed the landscape for, for lending in general and uh, conventional lending specifically, and even and even the so-called hard money lending, which you know, kind of the, many of the hard money lenders from uh, before two thousand and, and and seven, a lot of them went out of business, um, and so a lot of companies sprang up, uh, sprung up, sprang uh, <laughs> in two thousand and eight and nine and ten. Uh, for example, Pacific Private Money, uh, I founded it in two thousand and eight uh, as a, as a means of trying to provide financing for people who were starting to go out and buy, fix, and flip distressed properties, um, and and so. Companies like Pacific Private Money have a different business model than the hard money lenders of yore. We're, we're really looking for um, buyers in need of fast, reliable financing when bank financing fails them. We still make loans to people who have bad credit scores or are self-employed and can't, uh, but but that's actually the sep- exception, not the rule. Well, well, here's the other thing is a lot of times 
uh, these borrowers are not bad borrowers, but they may have bad credit because uh, an illness forced them to make a deal with the the uh, hospital yeah. or, or, or some weird financial thing where they guaranteed a loan for their brother. Right. Know. And we do get those. And sometimes, in fact, I, I love uh, low credit scores that are based on unpaid medical bills. That that's That's a borrower that probably is a good borrower that makes good money, but... Yeah wasn't insured or they were underinsured. And I, yeah. I we, we helped a, a home buyer close on a property that he had several hundred thousand dollars worth of unca- unpaid medical bills because he was uninsured and he had a, a, a heart attack. But as a result, uh, um, and as a result of that, had uh, uh, credit scores in the 500s, but we were able to make him a, a home loan and, and everything worked out fine. And, and in fact, he shortly paid that off. He was able to find a subprime. And he didn't get a heart attack when he found out the rates. <laughs> no, he didn't get <laughs> so transactional attack. distress, what do we mean by that? Well, here's a few examples of the types of loans we, we typically do. Um, one is uh, in the Bay Area, uh, many neighborhoods uh, are still you know, pretty hot markets right now. And cash buyers still make up 25% of transactions in the Bay Area. I know a lot of people that's didn't a, realize. That's amazing. It is. It is, is amazing. And yeah. so in, in some neighborhoods, you're competing with cash buyers. So if you if you need to finance the purchase, you can't compete with cash buyers who come in and say, well, I'll close in, you know, I'll close in two weeks or even 21 days with, with very low contingencies. In other words, they don't have a financing contingency, maybe just a, a short inspection contingency. Uh, if you need financing, how do you combat that? Well, if you come to a company like Pacific Private Money, we can close in as little as five days, even though most of us on on these transactions prefer seven to 10 business days. We can accommodate someone who wants to compete with a cash buyer and make a low or no contingent offer uh, to compete with them. That's that's one area. Another area is that we get a lot of calls from mortgage brokers who they're right in the middle of a contract. Uh, They had the, the person approved, but oftentimes this happens the 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 lender that the mortgage broker is working with um needs additional information there's some glitch in the in their process and again if you've gone through this yourself you know what i'm talking about you felt this pain that it takes longer to get conventional financing because it's more highly regulated there's more uh, um they they need to confirm your ability to repay they need to confirm your your reserves not all reserves are the same reserves they have sometimes they have to be seasoned um there's all kinds of uh I'm going to call them nitpicky requirements for for financing. And so so what we've had happen is we've had mortgage brokers call us up in in a panic saying, I've got a client, I've got him approved to close, but it's going to take, we just found out now we need another two weeks and we've run out of time. The 30 days have, have expired and the seller refuses to extend the contract. And usually it's because they've got backup offers. You know, a backup offer comes along, especially if it's an all cash backup offer and maybe it's even for a higher price. That happens more than you would think yeah. in the Bay Area. Again, we've got, you know, we're a population of between 8 and 10 million, uh, de- depending on how you define the greater Bay Area. There's a lot of transactions going on every week, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of transactional distress that pops up out of nowhere. And so companies like Pacific Private Money exist to rescue deals 
that are in danger of not closing. Well, there was, I'll tell you a quick story. I know you've heard this one before, but uh, maybe the, the audience has not. I have. The audience yeah. probably has. <laughs> there, was, uh, there was this lady who uh, made $50,000 a month from oil wells that had been in her family for 100 years. Unfortunately, she let her sister do her bookkeeping for her, and sister was not quite as diligent paying bills on time, and uh, it reflected on this client's uh, uh, FICO score. So her FICO score was 623, which is not very good, but 620 was the minimum needed for FHA financing, which mm. is good rates. So, uh, so far, so good. No problem. Uh, the broker uh, goes ahead and it starts to go down the regular path with a regular bank. FHA financing doesn't need a company like Pacific Private Money at the time. However, the broker was a little nervous and decided to pull the credit a hard pull just about two weeks before the Which is not unusual depending on how long. So, you know, if the transaction drags out and it goes beyond 30 days, oftentimes yes. the bank requires a credit report that's less than 30 days. Yeah, although something it, might have popped up. Right. Okay, well, unfortunately, in this case, nothing necessarily popped up. But when you pull it, but do a hard pull, what happens to your credit? It goes it down about four points. Yeah, so it went to, to 619, points. and FHA says, that's not 620. We're going to deny the loan. Right, because that's a hard line. That's a hard line, for, yeah. For FHA, they can't, you would think, oh, well, 619, can't you just round it up? Yeah. No, no they can't. They, they can't. That's so, a hard no. So this was a lady who had uh, the down payment. She yeah. qualified. Um, so uh, your company made uh, the loan to her. We did. And then, we uh, loved that loan. Yeah, oh, yeah. And they paid it off within the, 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 the 12-month period. And, uh, and I, I, we're running a little long on this segment, so We'll break, uh, go for the next commercial break. When we come back, uh, we're going to continue to talk about um, why uh, Pacific private money exists, why private money in general uh, exists, and uh, give you a couple more examples of how we, um, how we use a holistic approach when we decide uh, whether or not to make a loan. And then I also want to, we want to also want to teach the audience how they can participate with you and earn these Absolutely. high rates. Okay, so uh, before we go to the break, discover the world of sea kayaking, paddle boarding, and biking in Half Moon Bay. Whatever your experience, you, they can accommodate you. Um, they have double kayaks, stand-up paddle boards, uh, everything you can think of. Call 650-773-6101 or go to www.hmbkayak.com. All right, second trivia question is, which war included an infantry assault known as Pickett's Charge? Hmm. 415-888-912-1190. Don't touch that dial. We'll be right back. For more information on this program, call 888-912-1190. That's 888-912-1190 or visit bestofinvesting.com. Now, back to the Best of Investing with your host, Edward Brown. Welcome back to the Best of Investing. Again, I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with Mark Hunt, president of Pacific Private Money. Question two was, which war included an infantry assault known as Pickett's Charge? God, I have no idea. War of 1812? Nope. American Civil War. Ah, Close enough. Well, that's close enough. That was an easy guess. 50 years earlier. Okay. (laughs) So, Mark, um, we're talking about hard money, or excuse me, private Private money loans versus conventional financing. Okay. And now I got to think that you just don't accept any old transaction that comes along. So how do you decide which loans you're going to fund? Great question. So what we look for at Pacific Private Money, and it's the same as a lot of private lenders, although a lot of private lenders do, you know, most private lenders have their own appetite, their own, you know, kind of business model. But our particular business model is we're not looking to make long-term loans. And 
we define long-term as really anything over a year. Now, we do make some two- and three-year loans on you know commercial property or investment property, rental property, anything uh-huh. that's kind of business or investment purpose. We will look at making you know slightly longer term. But, but basically, the, the purpose of our loan is to affect a transaction that has a defined exit strategy. Well, well, and the borrowers don't want to keep your loans that well, long Well, yeah. Anyway. I mean, do you really want to pay 10% for money? Well, some people do because they can't get any other money. And again, we yeah. do sometimes still serve that market. That's a more traditional hard money market. People with just you know, ruined credit, but they've got the capacity to pay. You know, a lot of contractors have ruined credit. A lot of uh, fix and flippers and remodelers, people who are in the business uh, they, they, uh, of real estate investing, they kind of live from project to project. Uh, they've got hammered credit for whatever reason. And bank financing is just, you know, not even an option. I mean, even, even flippers with good credit, bank financing is typically not an option because a lot of banks don't like to make short-term loans. We love to make short-term loans. So we're looking for borrowers, uh, and this is for, for both on the investment side and for someone buying a primary residence. We want to make the loan when um, you know they need us because of either speed uh, or a glitch in the process. Um, but you know, whatever the situation is, whatever the reason is why they need us to come in and and close, help them close the transaction, provide a, a real estate loan to close the transaction, we want to know that they can pay us off. So when mortgage brokers or realtors call us with a client, it's typically, hey, if you can close the transaction, Mark, you know, I've got conventional financing lined up. I just need the time to do that. So because purchases are time sensitive and sellers don't want to wait forever, we come in, we close the transaction, and then the mortgage broker has the time, or the borrower, that is, has the time to work with his mortgage broker. And, you know, refinancing, you know, it it may take three, four, five, six, eight months, but typically it's less than a year. Well, and one of the differentiations between your private money loan company and others is that you will do conventional financing for personal residences um, where a lot of lenders won't touch that. Why, why is that? So um, I'm, I'm actually going to correct you. We, uh, you said conventional financing. We actually don't do conventional finance, but we do owner-occupied purchase okay, well, financing. I, I, I stand correct. Yes, yes. No, that's okay. That's actually a, a pretty common uh, a mistake. So m- most, and this is important for the audience to understand, most Private lenders do not make owner-occupied purchase loans. The reason why is that owner-occupied financing is highly regulated, and many people in the private lending industry would rather make loans uh, for investment purpose. Those are not regulated. There's still a kind of a Wild West component when it comes to investment loans. You don't have to do certain disclosures. You don't have to underwrite income. You don't have to look at ability to repay, although they typically do. There's also a special license you don't have to Right, have. right. You have to have special licensing to do uh, consumer loans, which an owner-occupied purchase loan is considered a consumer loan. It's, it's, it's a consumer purpose loan as opposed to a business purpose loan. So um, it requires additional licensing. It requires additional disclosures and regulations. And quite frankly, you have to, you have to hire staff and train them. It, you, it, you need different software. So there's a lot of reasons why um, most private lenders are really uh, out there chasing the fix and flip and investment and commercial property transactions. And, and you know, and they're, and they're advertising the 
same things we are. Hey, it's really it's fast financing. It's low documentation. Um, but uh, again, they're they're also generally chasing um, you know short term financing needs of the investors. We do those loans too, but really our focus is um, is the consumer side. Is those people looking uh, to um, uh, affect a transaction? They want to buy a home. Here's another reason that uh, you know we talked about reasons in the in the last segment is what if you have your equity, your down payment for the next home you want to buy? Let's say you want to move up or you want to move down. It really doesn't matter, but you've got the equity uh, that you intend to use to buy that next home. It's tied up in your existing residence. What do you do? Uh, you really have no options with conventional financing, but with private financing, we can make a loan. In fact, we can lend 100% of the price, the target price of the property you want to move into if we can cross-collateralize it. In other words, take our deed of trust and, and record it against both the target property you intend to buy and your existing property because we, we can add the equity up uh, between those two properties. And as long as we have at least uh, 70% uh, or less total combined loan to value, uh, we can make that loan. So if you've got sufficient equity in your existing home, we can provide as much as 100%. In fact, we can provide a little bit more than 100%. We could build in closing costs. We can build in you know maybe a, a little bit of extra money if you want to remodel the, the target property before you move in. There's a lot of reasons. In fact, that's actually a pretty common loan that we make where, where we essentially um, solve the problem that many people have, which is, well, my equity is tied up in my home and I don't want to move twice. Yeah, I don't want to sell my existing hassle. home, move into an apartment or something, uh, and then go out and hunt for a house. This way you can... You can you can identify the house you want to move into, get it into contract. We provide the financing. Now you've got. Now you can um, sell your home uh, and pay down. Uh, after you move into the, the new home, you can sell your existing home, pay down our loan a little bit, get conventional financing on the new home, pay down the rest of the loan. You can pay it down in stages. Really quickly before we go to a break, statistically, because uh, you don't fund every loan that comes across your desk. Right. How? Uh, what's the percentage of loans that you turn down? Well, you, you know, this may sound horrible, but we tend to turn down, you know, eight to nine out of 10 uh, requests we get because we're just not in the business. I mean, we're looking for certain uh, types of, of borrowers and transactional situations. And we'll talk a little bit so more you, about what that means. Yeah, I was going to say, because you, you are choosy. As, as we're we're choosy, yes. All right. Uh, make Mother's Day special with the help from Hornblower Cruises and Events. Treat your mom to a relaxing day on the bay. Feast on a gourmet brunch with free-flowing champagne or indulge in an elegant four-course dinner. That is awesome. Yeah, <laughs> Horn I'm hungry. Yeah, I know. Check out hornblower.com today. All right. So uh, here's the third trivia question. Where did two lanterns historically hang on the night of April 18th, 1775? Remember one if by land, two if by sea? Mm -hmm. All right. Um, let's see. Don't touch that dial. The best of investing is going to be right back. For more information on this program, call 888-912-1190. That's 888-912-1190. Or visit bestofinvesting.com. Now, back to the best of investing with your host, Edward Brown. Welcome back to the best of investing. One more time, I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with Mark Honf. Trivia question number three was, where did two lanterns historically hang on the night of April 18th, 1775? Wasn't it like a tower or a clock tower? Uh, well, Boston's Old North Church. Oh, you're looking for the name. Yeah. Oh, all right. Well, <laughs> Paul Revere. How about that? <laughs> Paul Revere. It was hanging on Paul Revere's hands. That's where it was. Okay. Right. So, Mark, uh, we're talking about private money loans. Uh, and before we uh, talk about how 
listeners can actually invest with you potentially mm-hmm. to get those rate, high rates of return on their savings. Um, what d- d- give us the differentiation between an application for a borrower with you compared to a bank? Well, one of the really it's like a breath of fresh air when it comes to uh, borrowing. When you, when you borrow from a private money lender like Pacific Private Money, um, yes, you're paying a higher rate. You know, our typical rate is a, is an interest only payment of eight point nine to nine point nine percent. You know, nine to ten percent. Let's just round up. Um, but the 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 flip side of it is the qualification process is so much easier. It's so much less painful. We like to say no fuss, no muss. And what we mean by that is that we're really looking at the equity of the transaction uh, when we make a loan. I mean, at the end of the day, um, private money financing. The one of the number one. Um, things they look at is, you know, is, is the protective equity. And it's one of the, it's one of the reasons why we generally don't lend over 70% loan to values because we're really equity driven, number one. But then number two, let's just say um, a realtor uh, or a mortgage broker calls us. They've got a client uh, who needs fast, reliable financing to close a transaction. They, they will be able to get bank financing uh, within a year uh, to pay off our loan. And they just need us to help close the transaction. So what are we looking at? Well, one of the neat things about um, uh, our industry in, in private lending is that um, we're not we're, – we're regulated, but not quite as much as the banks. But, you know, when we talk about bank regulation, a lot of it is self-imposed regulation because the banks want to sell the loans they originate. And in order to sell those loans in the aftermarket, in the secondary market, it has to pass certain litmus tests. There's a whole bunch of boxes that need to be checked. There's a whole bunch of verifications that need to be done. We look at things like income and ability to repay, but we could look at things like expected income, uh, um, uh, existing uh, income today. We don't have to go back two years. We don't have to verify, you know, that you made your last twenty-four mortgage payments. I mean, we're really, we're really looking at. Um, uh, first of all, we're relying on the mortgage broker or the referring partner who's bringing it to us. It's like usually they've underwritten already um, the the borrower. But if they haven't, let's just say a borrower calls us direct and say, hey, I, I need a private money loan. I want to buy this house and then I'm going to get bank financing within a year. We can look at uh, different types of of, of revenue and income and history than the bank does. So it's just a, it's a low documentation process. It's not a lot of brain damage. It's a, a lot of, it's, in fact, it is the reason why, as you suggested earlier in the show, Edward, is that some people after the experience of using a private money lender are just so pleased with how easy it was. Yes, it's more expensive, but again, it's a means to an end. And again, you know, real estate, a lot of people, you know, maybe you're getting a good price and you want to uh, close quickly yeah. or you're buying an off-market transaction and you can't get bank financing. Yeah. For There's just a lot of reasons why you would want to use fast, reliable, easy, no fuss, no muss uh, real estate financing from a private lender. And then once you've captured the property, you've got the luxury of time. Now you can really shop around, get the best loan program possible, or maybe you need four, five, six months to be able to set some money aside for seasoning or for reserves, or you haven't worked, you know, maybe you've only worked 18 months at your current job and you want to get to the two-year mark so that you qualify for the better lending programs. So again, we're, we're, we, we buy you the luxury of time. And really what a lot of people need to look at is when you're looking to buy 
buy a house, um, if you if we can help you get the house you want when you want it, would you pay a little bit more for that? That's Are you good, willing to point. pay a premium? So, so you're, you're not one of those lenders who asks uh, to to verify where this hundred and twenty three dollar deposit came from. No, it's just and right, and we don't. You know, and again, we you know, gift funds are fine, gifts yeah. of equity are fine. Um, you know, co-signing is something that we do that a lot of banks don't do, and cross collateralization. If you've got it's called that. using common sense, right? So we use a very holistic common sense approach. We're really looking at the story. Uh, the, the, one of the first things we want to know when we make a loan is um, we want to we want to assess the the viability of them being able to pay us back. How confident are we after looking at the situation and hearing the story of the borrower and the transaction? How confident are we that they will be able to either sell the property? Because sometimes people buy a property to sell it, yeah. buy a fix and flip, sure. of course. Um, or how confident are we they're going to be able to get conventional financing? Okay, so all this sounds really good, and mm-hmm. we've been talking about strictly the you know underwriting and borrowing. Right, the, and the, the borrowing sounds, side. Borrowing side sounds yeah. great. Mm-hmm. Now, if I'm the audience listening to this, and I say, well, this sounds pretty reasonably conservative yeah. uh, so far from what I'm hearing, uh, what if I wanted to invest and right. make so, some money myself on So this? our company is Pacific Private Money. What, the, what does that mean? That means we use private capital to fund all of our real estate loans. We've done over 1,200 loans, totaling uh, about $350 million worth of financing uh, over the last nearly 10 years now. And it, all of it has been with private capital. And we have a negligible uh, um, a default rate uh, in our business because of the way we underwrite uh, uh, for reliability and viability of repayment. And so we charge between eight and or nine and 10%. We charge a couple of points. Um, what do we pay our investors? Exactly. You know, how do people invest with us and what do they get paid? Well, um, we pay our investors between, on average, seven and a half to nine percent, depending on how they invest. And we have two ways you can invest with us at Pacific Private Money. One is you can invest in our mortgage pool fund. That's the easiest way to invest. You can invest when you want. Your money is um, is distributed among the pool of loans. Our, our fund right now today is at twenty six million. Uh, we've got eighty five loans in the fund, and we're paying. Uh, in fact, uh, we just did the the March distribution, and it was seven and three quarters percent on an annualized basis. So um, we, we uh, our fund over the last four years has paid on average between seven and a half and eight percent on an annualized basis. And, and as Montgomery Burns would say, excellent, Mr. Smith is excellent. <laughs> the second way to invest is you can invest in individual notes. In fact, when we started the company in, in 2008, uh, we didn't have a fund. We just, we, we worked with private individuals, uh, many of whom had been investing in notes for years. Sometimes they're real estate professionals and so they understand that. But we also work with people who just, you know, you, they spend the time learning how it is we invest their money. And so they, you can invest in a note directly. Either you, you can you can invest in the entire note. Let's say it's a $500,000 note. You would be the lender on that note. It, it would be your name or your trust or your 401k or LLC, however you're, you're lending. Um, and so it'd be your loan. Now we'll service it and we'll, uh, for a nominal servicing spread and what we'll, we keep all the fees that we collect the origination fees. Um, but it's uh, essentially your loan. And that's, that's also known as trust deed investing. And that's the second way you can okay. invest. But 
people who invest in the mortgage pool fund actually are going to earn some of those points that you charge. Well, and that's true. And so now we're getting a little bit into into uh, details here. But uh, uh, one of the great things about our fund, and there's, there's many reasons why people choose funds over individual notes. Uh, one is they don't have to compete with people who are ready and liquid and uh, looking to invest in, in funds. The other one is just that uh, we roll um, origination fees and uh, all of the interest into the fund uh, in order to produce that uh, 75 to 8% uh, monthly uh monthly paid uh, annualized yield. Okay. And before we cut to the break, uh, give out your information if people wanted to get a hold of you. Yeah, it's real, real simple. PacificPrivateMoney.com. PacificPrivateMoney.com. We have information about uh, our lending program and our investment programs on there. And of course, our phone number real fast, 415-883-2150. We're right here in the Bay Area. Okay. Uh, quick mention here for the beautiful Mount View Hotel and Spa in Calistoga. They're having a special any suite or cottage for two ninety nine a night, Sunday through Thursday. It includes the uh, facilities, pool, mineral water, jacuzzi, sauna, bottle of wine, arrival, and a $20 breakfast voucher. Check them out at 707-942-6877 to reserve your special now or go to mountviewhotel.com. I've been there before. It's a cool place in downtown Calistoga. All right, don't touch that dial. The best of investing. I'll be right back. For more information on this program, call 888-912-1190. That's 888-912-1190. Or visit bestofinvesting.com. Now, back to the best of investing with your host, Edward Brown. Welcome back to the best of investing. Last time for today, I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with Mark Hanf. Now, Mark, you're, we're starting to talk about investing in your mortgage pool fund. That's $26 million right now. Uh, earning about seven and three quarters percent. Uh, can people, A, invest their IRA money and can you uh, reinvest distributions and how long is your money tied up? The neat thing about a fund versus investing in individual notes is that uh, with a fund, you oftentimes have the option of taking either the monthly income distribution or quarterly. Some funds are quarterly, but the Pacific Private Money Fund, we, we have a monthly distribution program. Uh, so uh, you can be an income investor taking those monthly income uh, uh, interest distributions, or you could be a growth investor and allow those that income you earn every month to buy additional shares. And that uh, affords you a slightly higher yield uh, thanks to the uh, magic of compounding interest. Um, so that's one of the things. The other thing neat about uh, uh, investing in a mortgage pool fund is you can start with a minimum investment and at Pacific Private Money Fund, the minimum investment is $50,000 to open an account. And you can add to that account over time. In fact, the vast majority of our 115 current members in the Pacific Private Money Fund do add to their investment. Uh, the other thing is, is you can have multiple accounts. You can have an account with your trust. You can have an account with your company. You can have an account with your uh, IRA, your 401k, or your self-directed IRA. So we've got a family that has four accounts with us. Um, and so uh, that's one way. And then we, in, in, and it's not a long-term hold. Uh, yeah. Pretty much every fund, um, well, every fund that uh, you can choose to invest in, all of them will have a minimum lockup period. And the lockup period, the minimum lockup period is actually a year. You can't uh, uh, have a fund with less than a one-year lockup period. And we have the minimum lockup period. So it's really just 12 months. After 12 months, uh, you can redeem um, 
any or all of your investments. So the, and, and last but not least, one of the other benefits of, of a fund versus uh, individual note investing is that you don't have to worry about early payoffs. So if you recall, we're talking about the loans we make. We like to make loans that are paid off within a year. And some of the loans we make get paid off in 60 or 90 days. Well, if you're a note investor, that's not a good thing. I mean, you don't want to invest in a note that's going to pay you back too quickly because it's a, you know, it's a, it's a fairly detailed process to, to invest in a note. Although well, we make it very simple for you to do sure, that. But, but here, but here's the other thing is if uh, I invest in an individual note and I get paid off in 60 or 90 days, unless there's another note that I can roll right into, that money is going to be sitting in a zero or 1% account. That's right. So note investors bear the risk of early payoff. So even though you usually make a higher yield investing in an individual note, our individual note investors uh, earn as, as much as nine to nine and a half percent interest to them on the note itself. But when the note pays off, now you're back in cash. And so we've calculated uh, based on uh, our, our clientele that most of our clients who invest in notes versus the clients who invest in the fund, they tend to average about the same yield. Because if you take a nine-ish percent yield uh, over the course of a year, if you're in cash for 30 days, if you do the math, you're, you know, you're not making much more than a seven and a half or eight percent return. So again, for more information about uh, how you can uh, uh, participate in what we call mortgage investing. And mortgage investing uh, is where your funds are used to to make real estate secured loans in California, by the way, I don't think we said that today. We only lend in California and primarily in the Bay area because it's the market that we understand. We're experts in Northern California. And so that's another reason why, um, uh, you know, the, the safety and security features of the loans we make, whether we make those loans through our fund or whether we make those loans through your individual investment, uh, the safety and security features are, are um, important and worth investigating. And for more information, go to our website at PacificPrivateMoney.com. Excellent. All right. Thank you for uh, sharing all that with us, you both bet. on the buyer, borrower and the investor side. Here's our thoughts for the day. How can something be new and improved? If it's new, what was it improving on? Okay. And maybe Rumpelstiltskin kept his name secret so people wouldn't make fun of it. (laughs) Kind of silly, though. Indeed. Indeed. Okay. (laughs) Tune in next week to The Best of Investing. We're going to be giving away more free prizes for answering trivia questions. Thanks for listening. On behalf of our team, I'm Edward Brown, wishing you the best of investing. So long. You've been listening to The Best of Investing with Edward Brown. For more information on this program, call 888-912-1190. That's 888-912-1190. Or visit bestofinvesting.com. And join us again next week for the best of investing on the Bay Area's business leader. AM 1220 KDLW. This radio broadcast is in no way an offer to sell securities except where applicable in states where we are registered or where an exemption or exclusion from such registration exists. Information discussed during this broadcast, whether stock quotes, charts, articles, or any other statement or statements regarding market or other financial information is obtained from sources which... Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.